Hey everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about 2019, the things we did, all the fun we had, a year of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, and we talk about 2020 with our D&D New Year's resolutions. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show, the last Saturday Morning D&D Show of 2019. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, or good morning, or whatever you want to say. I will say good afternoon, good afternoon, and good evening for our European viewers, and good morning, and hello, and what is it, konnichiwa? Konnichiwa, um, uh, uh, Ohio Gazimus says good morning in Japanese. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so all those things because it's a great Saturday morning, the last we get in 2019 before we move to 2020. It's just crazy. Uh, so the holidays are upon us. Uh, did you have a good holiday, Mr. Lucian? I, I did. It was a very quiet, very stay-at-home holiday. Obviously, um, part of... Uh, the the struggles of a life in these last few months for me and my family in the moment that nobody has to care family. about or whatever. But we just decided to keep it easy and not go anywhere, do anything. We just stayed home. And it was great because we got to do a lot of stuff that it sounded like you got to do too. Was watch movies and shows mm -hmm. and um, just kind of focus on my Steam library because I got a Steam gift card for Christmas. Oh, nice. So I obviously had to go buy as many games as I could under nine bucks to get a bunch of them and then start playing them. And uh, I started just going through that library and saying, I own all these. I really should put at least a few hours in them if I'm going to have yeah. them. Yeah, so no, I'm the pile of shame through. is real with Steam. <laughs> and I have uh, so many games, but every Christmas it's become a tradition that, because they always have the Steam sales on Christmas or around mm -hmm. Christmas. Uh, well, they have lots of Steam sales, but the Christmas one is the one I kind of focus on because uh, I always treat myself to a video game. So mm -hmm. this year I bought myself the game Hob and um, a friend of the show, D&D Elise, recommended it to me on Twitter and I, I'm really liking it. Um, and then a friend of mine got me Dark Souls 3 and, I was, and he's like, I love this game. I think you'll really like it. And I never finished Dark Souls 1 because it was just so crazy hard, but I loved the, the uh, non-expert, explanation of the world that you're in and you kind of just have to uncover the clues to get the mm -hmm. lore and stuff about it i thought that was really cool um and then i looked at his profile and he's got like 190 hours in dark souls 3 and i was like oh yeah you really like this game i don't know if i <laughs> i can do that right now but uh yeah so uh but i've been playing uh some video games as well and mostly hanging out with family taking care of the baby uh opening presents things like that having a good time um did you get any gaming related stuff uh not steam stuff but did you get any board games or anything this holiday season well um i thought well for me aliens rpg was a christmas gift because that was, that was what i gave to myself um and i got the kickstarter head had mailed it out not too long ago in the month of December. But uh, when when family was asking me, what did you guys, what did you want? And they knew I wanted gaming stuff. They just went with gift card stuff. And so I looked at, was there any RPG books that I didn't have that I really needed? And 
I had to say no. I've already bought all the ones I had to have. Wow. So maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I should have slowed down on my, my purchase of RPG books because they're just stacking up on the on the shelves here. So I looked at that and I thought, you know what? I really got everything I wanted this year. I got all the cool games that I mm-hmm. thought I was going to get. There's not one I didn't get. So I said, you know what? Just go ahead and give me Steam gift card and I'll be happy at, you know, whatever that is. I was hoping for like a $5 or $10. And, you know, the the family gave me a bunch of money for Steam. So it was like I got a bunch of games on Steam. So I did buy some RPG stuff on Steam. Um, I know we were talking a little bit about Divinity Original Sin 2, which everybody's raved about. And so I've got that one and I'm thinking about diving into it. But boy, that... It, it's definitely a big game to understand. Um, yeah. I was also playing um, Pillars of Eternity. Mm. PoE was one I thought was looked pretty good. And then I got some other various stuff. So I definitely was in it. But I think I'm ready now to see what we're going to get in 2020 for books-wise. And I'm already ready to start jumping back on my mega Kickstarter um, funding. Because I don't know, I'm a Kickstarter addict. And yeah. if I see a good RPG book that's on Kickstarter... I'm buying it. So I have all yeah. these books that just keep coming in at weird times and of the year. And I don't even remember half of them at this point. And, yeah. As uh, far as Kickstarter is concerned, I've got um, a DCC. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, like variant, I guess, like a, a mm-hmm. campaign setting with the DCC rules, but it's called America and it's set in post-apocalyptic America. And I'm getting an expansion to that. And it's always weird with Kickstarters because I was supposed to get that, I think, by Christmas. And now they're looking at, like, maybe July and so mm-hmm. of 2020. And it's like, okay. And then um, I did that uh, uh, that witch one that was, like, arts and crafts in Dungeons & Dragons. And I think uh, I got an email that has the finished PDF. So the book should be coming out for that pretty soon, which is really cool. has some, like, fun crafting rules in uh, for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and stuff. Uh, but... Like you, I also got some gift certificates. I, I did get some Steam money, so I bought some stuff. But I also got an Amazon gift card. And I put Ooh. it out on Twitter that I'm trying to figure out what I want to spend with this Amazon money. Oh, yeah, I voted. Um, and one of them is the Alien RPG, which I think would be really cool. And the other one is uh, the like deluxe Numenera set with uh, the Numenera 2, basically. Because they made yeah, Discovery, yeah, yeah, and, Discovery and, Destiny, um, I think. Destiny, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can't decide because I really I want them both. And I, not that I can't get them both, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. So right now, uh, last I checked, Numenera is in the lead. Uh, but It was my vote that put it in the lead. Ooh, I saw I'm it also, was tied. I'm also leaning towards the alien one, and I'm just not sure. I don't know if I'm going to listen <laughs> to my own Twitter poll. But uh, yeah. well, I don't know. You, and so you would recommend Numenera, but why? Cool. And I was going to say, do you want me to tell you yes. why? Do you want me to influence you? you, or do you want no, to? No, yeah, well, yeah. here's the thing. I think the alien RPG is awesome. But I also think it's an RPG that's meant for maybe some one shots or at least very small campaigns. It's not built to be a long running game. Numenera, which I know you've already played and enjoyed, Mm -hmm. I believe, although I think you will like the Alien RPG, I believe the Numenera will pique your interest even more. And that can be year long campaigns or hundreds and hundreds of different styles of one shots or small campaigns the books are beautiful the artwork is beautiful the monty cook stuff puts together and they put a a lot of good work into it i think bang for the buck numenera i would purchase first and then i would get alien Alien. I, i would get both at some point 
but I would go Numenera first if I didn't already have Numenera and then Alien next for me because now I've, now that I've read both of them and I have both of them, one gives you a lot more stuff to run with. And I think Numenera is a really good, really good deal, really good game system, really fun. And Alien is great too. I just love the franchise and everything, but Numenera feels like it has more options for you, especially for somebody who loves Spelljammer. Yeah. Very Spelljammer-ish in some ways. So here's the thing is like, uh, and again, conundrum, because I want to run an alien RPG or I want to run an alien game. And I was mm -hmm. going to do that with Mothership, which I own. Mm -hmm. So I could do that. And then I want to run like a Numenera type game, but I have Invisible Sun, so I should run Invisible Sun. So I don't feel like I really need either of them. I want both of them. And I have, yeah. and I, I wouldn't be getting them if I didn't have this money, I guess, because I kind right. of feel like I'm overloaded on RPGs. So I don't know, uh, but you're right. Uh, Numenera might be better for, and I'm probably gonna use them only for one shots. I don't know if I'm gonna be doing a long running Numenera game. Cause if I do a long running Numenera game, we're playing Invisible Sun instead. Like, let's mm. be honest. Like I wanna run that so bad. So, uh, but I don't know. Maybe the Numenera will influence my Invisible Sun game and vice versa, and we'll see. I don't know. But, yeah, so your vote is Numenera 2. And somebody in the chat was like, if you don't have uh, – uh, if I have Numenera 1, I can probably skip it. But I don't have Numenera 1 either. So it would be Destiny and Discovery because that's the, the like, box set that I want to get. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good good choices. I mean, yeah, everybody comes out that, you know, decides kind of the way they want to tackle those. And, and you're right. Maybe if you're going to be running more one shots. And I think Mothership the alien is RPG one is shots a, or a is one two shot. That. I can use Mothership or something. So. And if you can get the, I don't know if you can still get the alien. It's, it wasn't a box set, but it was like a whole pre-order package that had not just the book, but it had an adventure. It oh, had a DM cool. screen. It had dice. It had the whole thing. That was really good and really well put together and would be a good starting set. The book is, is awesome. It's played on the mutant year one zero system. So I don't know if you played mm -mm. that system yet. So it might be, you might look at it that way too. You might say, well, it's a system I've never played before. So it'd be cool to see how this system works. It's different than a lot of the other ones I've seen. So sweet. Well, okay. Yeah. You, you've influenced my decision. I will weigh <laughs> the pros and cons. We will figure it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's no RPG news going on in the world um, because it is the end of the year. Uh, but yep. a little, uh, if you guys don't follow um, Forgotten Realms Wiki on Twitter, you should because they tweet out really interesting little like facts of the Forgotten Realms and things like that. And the other day they tweeted out that it is the 30th anniversary of Spelljammer. Uh, mm -hmm. We here at the Saturday Morning D&D Show enjoy Spelljammer a lot, and it mm -hmm. was a uh, it was a game system, and I'm assuming it was 1979, because it's been 30 years, right? Or 89. Right, yeah. that makes the, yeah, 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 that makes the math, right? <laughs> Something like that. So, um, and uh, it's never been, like, redone. It was a second edition thing, and, you know, with third edition, they were like, let's redo uh, a lot of these other, well, like Greyhawk and things like that, and then mm -hmm. and then they, you know, Eberron came from third edition, and I think Dark Soul, no, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Dark Sun. I think Dark, Dark Sun. Sun was second edition, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they they brought that into third edition, et cetera, et cetera. But Spelljammer's never done this, either as Al-Kadim, but that's another story that I want to talk about later. But uh, <laughs> it's really cool, and it brought, like, 
a different type of fantasy because you're getting in a ship and you're leaving Faerun, you're leaving the planet you're on to go visit the world of Greyhawk or to go visit this. And they had, uh, and it wasn't just here's, we're going to take the space that astrophysics has figured out and we're going to apply it to D and D. They created their own mythical world. So all of, uh, all of these planets live within a crystal shell and you mm -hmm. have to go through this crystal shell using magic to then travel through this, uh, highly ignitable substance called the phlogiston. And if you cast a fire magic in there, or if you have like an open flame, it could destroy your whole ship because it'll combust everything. Uh, all it needs is the oxygen from your ship and then a little bit of flame to cause a whole bunch of problems. And so, I don't know, there were just like, why have that? Why have this? And there was a really interesting dynamic with that campaign setting, I thought. Um, all these rules for if you travel from the Forgotten Realms to the Greyhawk area, uh, can your gods still provide you magic? And mm. you would have to like have new spells that would then pierce the crystal shell to allow you to communicate with your gods so clerics and paladins could get their magic. Uh, really, really interesting thing. So, I don't know, go, go check out Spelljammer. What are your thoughts on Spelljammer, Lucian? What I like about it is it's the idea of doing space fantasy space not sci-fi space right mm -hmm. <clears throat> so there's there's different ways you can tackle this idea of hopping from world to world or exploring a universe or the stars or whatever they might be and one of them ways is science fiction the, the hard science games which i love and i enjoy but yeah. i also like the idea of somebody just sitting back and saying let's tackle this from a completely fantasy realm we're not no no science in it whatsoever it's all about how do powerful mages magic users spells and rituals and magic items allow us to do these things to travel to the moon how would we survive on the moon how would we go and do these things and it's all just magic based so i like that idea to, to tackle it that way because you can get some really cool and interesting stories you can develop different worlds that are very different from the world you're playing on yeah and i think as a dungeon master I don't know about a player, but as a dungeon master, the idea of opening the scope of your world to not just be, let's say if my campaign's in Forgotten Realms, which is awesome, and there's a lot to do there and a lot of cool stuff, but in some ways I am constrained to be still Forgotten Realms if that's my campaign or my campaign, and my players expect that. But then if I open this up, hey guys, we're going to one of the moons of Faerun, that can be whatever I want it to be. It doesn't have to be Forgotten Realms anymore. It can be, you know, the lost civilization of Ukutu and it's, you know, a some alien creatures or it's mind flares have taken over the moon and they're trying to cast evil spells down on the world to take control. So the influence of the moon is starting to shatter Faerun. You know, yeah. you can just go on some crazy routes here and they're, they're drawing big, you know, um, diagrams up on the in the moon dust which is eventually going to open the gate to hell and then the demons are going to stream out and get, you know so there's all kinds of things you could do there that i think would be really fun and still stay within you know whatever campaign setting you still want to be in uh forgotten realms you still want to be in greyhawk you still want to be in your homebrew whatever it is you can do these different things so i like that i also like the idea of swashbuckling ship adventures ship to ship combat which we can get in some of the campaigns that were released recently released uh even this year which was good but you could you know all of a sudden you've got three-dimensional movement right yeah. or you could even take that all completely under the water and do that kind of thing submarine fighting or, or underwater type fighting stuff so 
those are all things that I love that could expand the world to not just be the flat plane of on land mm -hmm. on top of water. And that's where our plane of play is at the moment. We can have up above and we can have below if we really want. So I like, I like that idea. Anything yeah. that expands the game. Oh yeah. And I, I really like it because, uh, well, so if you're playing a long running campaign and we'll just use the forgotten realms because I mean, it's my jam, but, uh, if you, uh, you know, your levels one to five, you save the city of Baldur's Gate. And levels five to ten, you save the elven nations of Faerun. And levels 10 to 15, maybe you save the entire planet from something catastrophic. But levels 15 to 20, maybe you save not only your crystal sphere, you save the entire multiverse. You know, there's, there's, you have to collect artifacts from all over that bring all of these different worlds together to really open up uh, a cool story where you're saving like reality itself, like the existence that we have. And so I don't know, it was just really fun, but, but it's right. You have uh, rules now where it's fantasy in space. So I don't have to reskin my dwarf. Uh, bard I don't have to reskin all this other stuff like magic works the same way it works here and in fact uh, because it's magic we have you know different rules for oxygen and different rules for gravity and different rules for like warp speed and things like that um, and it was really really cool really interesting I I fell in love with it uh, just kind of casually researching it because a friend of mine was I think it was the cover that really got me there's like a guy mm -hmm. with like a laser pistol and he's on a an asteroid and he's attacking an illithid and i'm just like what is this and you start reading it and there's all these really great rules this really great lore um the the box set that i'm looking looking at uh that came out in 1989 came with a lore book of the void which kind of had in in uh information on the various crystal spheres and spell jamming ships and things like that and then a couple of other like areas and then uh, another book it came with is The Concordance of Arcane Space that came with like movement and combat and ships and uh, different mechanics and things like that. But uh, it also had certain things that are uh, tied to the Spelljammer setting, like the Rock of Brawl, which is like an asteroid area that you can go and, and do all this other stuff. I, ran, I read a really fun introductory adventure for Spelljammer that I kind of wanted to run at some point. Um, and... It literally was like this fits in any campaign setting where after your players have completed mission whatever, a spaceship lands and you have to be like, oh, like what's going on? And you get on top of it and then go off and you have all these space adventures uh, and it, it involves beholders and all this other stuff. And it really uh, it, they allowed to use the same monsters that they had with Dungeons and Dragons and then open mm -hmm. it up to like how would these creatures exist in space? And so you have like a, a whole backstory for the Illithids and like beholders are very different in space than they are running around. Like there's collections of beholders and like uh, almost like a hive like structure where they exist and they attack and stuff. So uh, I don't know, really, really cool stuff. Like I, I like Spelljammer a lot. I, I was surprised that it was the 30th anniversary and I thought that was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. and well, I'm looking here and it says it released in October. So, but it is 1989. So it is the 30th anniversary, but, uh, yeah. And then another tweet that I saw is somebody was predicting the future and they're like, it's the year 2024 and I, and it would be the anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. And that's when they're going to announce Spelljammer. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, that would be nice. But, but if you haven't checked it out, uh, go to, uh, drive through RPG, search Spelljammer. 
Um, and there's a couple of really great books and I would, I would recommend it. Like if you want ship combat, if you want that, a lot of that is AD and D rules, but you can easily transfer it. We've talked about this in the show in the past, like older edition stuff works really well for fifth edition. You just have to like tweak a few things. Or if it says, you know, use an illithid, you use a fifth edition illithid instead. And then you just kind of play around with, uh, making combat a little balanced and stuff, but. Yeah. yeah, and I, I wonder if, speaking of drive through RPG or even DM's Guild, I wonder if you put up there a Spelljammer adventure, Ooh, one that I you converted that. and and then just put up there. Um, I wonder how, how well it would do. How, how is the audience yeah. out there for that style of game? <laughs> there is a, uh, so it's free if you Google, and I, I don't have the link, but may, if I find it, I'll try to put it in the show notes. But uh, there is a fifth edition Spelljammer conversion guide that a fan made. Mm-hmm. And it's floating around, floating out there on the internet, and it's it's really well done. Um, and then there is a one-page Spelljammer space travel sheet for Fifth Edition. Mm. Um, and what this is is you roll, I don't know, like four or five dice, and then pick the numbers of the various things. And it's a it's a chart that allows you to generate planets to explore. Uh, which can be just really cool. And that that is no different than Ghosts of Saltmarsh. I have those exact same tools to generate islands or ships or encounters. And this is the same thing. You choose the color of the sun. You choose, like, what kind of planet is it? Is it ice? Is mm-hmm. it jungle? Is it this? And then people can land on it. And, yeah, all of a sudden they're running around with Han Solo uh, on Hoth. <laughs> and it's just an amazing experience. So, yeah. But, yeah, I love Spelljammer. Really cool. 30th anniversary. Check it out. Um, yeah. So, D and D, New Year's resolution. Oh boy! Do you have Do you have a Do you have some new? Well, first of all, do you do New Year's resolutions, Lucian? I do. I wouldn't say that I often have completed them. Oh yeah, I, that's <laughs> I always the set them. <laughs> yeah, I always um, start. But uh, uh, I was wondering, we should do some New Year's D and D resolutions. I think we should. Um, so, cool. so going into twenty twenty. It's the double crit month or double crit year. Sorry, because mm-hmm. we got two 20s. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to just be ridiculous. I'm surprised. You, we need a shirt that says that now. The confluence of 2020. This is the year of Dungeons and Dragons this now. This is. It's just double crits. It'll year be awesome. of the Dragons. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the McElroy brothers, but every year they come up with a, uh, a, a slogan for the year. And I think 2019 was called Become the Monster. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know, it was a little odd, but it was really cool. And and we were joking about it, me and friends. Uh, but uh, they're taking a poll uh, or people are just kind of like spitballing. What, what are they going to do for 2020? And one of them was like 2020, the year of crits or something. Because yeah. they're, you know, they do the adventure zone and they're, uh, uh, Keith Baker is, is making a uh, adventure zone RPG that mm-hmm. Satine Phoenix and a bunch of other people are t- playtesting yeah, right that. now. So lots of lots of cool stuff they're doing. So I, I would not be surprised if it has something Dungeons and Dragons related. But <laughs> uh, but in 2020, it's going to be a brand new year. Uh, what classes or class, I should say, do you want to play in 2020? All right. And so this is a resolution. So this is something that I haven't already done because yes. I have a new character planned that I started this year. I already rolled the stats. So the Cavalier Fighter won't count. I'm not going to oh, let that okay. one count. I am going to be playing a cav- a Halfling Cavalier Fighter in uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Oh, with uh, Danimal, In this coming, right? yep, with okay. Danimal as our DM. So Excellent. that's going to be coming up, and that's going to be a fantastic, fun um, adventure. 
I want to play, I want to go big on a warlock this year. I've done it in the past, but over the last two years, I have not played one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I want to get back into a really good long warlock kind of story arc of some sort. So warlock, I am going to endeavor to find a campaign where I can play a really cool warlock in. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what about games to run? What do you, you oh, have I don't a get to hear sl- your New Year's oh, resolution? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't ask, so you got to interrupt me and ask <laughs> yeah. me. Otherwise, I'm going to just keep interviewing you. What is Jordan's? Yeah, let's let's hear your resolution. What class are you going to play this year? So when we were playing that streaming game that Satine, or Guiding Light was running, um, yes. that originally Elise was running, well, Elise did run it, but originally Elise was going to run one of her Feywild adventures, and she asked us, uh, you can play a ninth level character. And I was so stoked because I have a fighter warlock, uh, level two fighter, level whatever warlock that I want to play. I want to try and mm-hmm. do this like melee warlock, but not through the, the hex blade route. I want to do like mm-hmm. a, a fiendish kind of he- thing. So uh, hopefully that is something that I will play. Uh, one of my players who is going to a soon to be dungeon master wants to play this like low magic setting. And I pitched him the idea of like being a level two fighter and then like making a pact through the story to become a warlock and multi-class. Cause I've never multi-classed with any of my, any of my characters before. So I think yeah. my, my classes to play is going to be a fighter warlock in 2020. Uh, we'll see if it happens, but I don't get to play too often. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I really wanna, I really wanna tackle that character. I think it would be. Really it's awesome. funny you say that too, because maybe that should have been my resolution. But I will theory craft a ton of multi-class characters. Yeah. But I have never played one in a campaign. Yeah, I've, I've never always either. played a straight character in a campaign. I, uh, me too. And I, and I'm always <laughs> really like, weird. why, why am I doing this? Like, it would be so yeah. cool. Uh, the, my Ghost of Saltmarsh campaign, the Artificer finally took one level of wizard. And he's loving it. Uh, And it's just, I don't know. I just, it's really interesting because I'm like, that's literally the first time anybody I've played with has done multi-class. I I do it all the time. Like I'll create NPCs that are like, yeah, it's a fighter bard or he's a, Mm -hmm. he's a rogue Mm -hmm. this or something, you know, but uh, I've never done, uh, I've never played a multi-class. So. So, All right. Yeah. What's the next one you got for us? Um, We have a lot of games. Uh, What is your 2020 game to run? Like, what do you really want to run in 2020? Like a longer running game, a one shot, different system. What do you want to do? Is there a storyline you want to play? I definitely want to run the alien one shot. Okay. Um, for sure. So that is, I'm going to, at some point in 2020, I will run that game for sure. Awesome. Did you, uh, I don't know if you follow Nomadic on Twitter. Yeah. But he tweeted out that he is going to uh, do a new system every month uh, and do a one shot of a new system, which I think is something you tried. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I tried that last year. And we got three in and it was rough. Okay. It was rough. So we'll see how well he does. But uh, I think he's starting with City of Mists. And I I thought that was real because that's a system you really like, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's one. It was on my list. What, What I ran into is it's a really cool idea, but it is tough to learn lots of different systems when nobody's yeah. really they're counting on you and they're so the different yeah. yeah and they're so different and then it got to be like um it was just hard to let your brain shift especially if you're playing two or three campaigns during the week of D. 
Oh yeah. And you're, you're trying to force your brain into also, I need to figure out how I'm going to run this um, superhero game or whatever it is. So it was tough. I was probably running a little too much. It's cool. And I may attempt it again. I may try to do a system a month again. We got through a couple of them and they went pretty well. It's just every now and then we would, we hit one that was a big enough game that it was almost too much to try to just learn in a, in a month, I guess, or the way we were trying to tackle it. I think you have to come at it a certain way to to make that work. But I hope he does it. I, it's yeah. cool. No, and um, it really opens up like uh, like I feel comfortable running Kids on Bikes, Dungeon Crawl Classics, and D and D. We always talk about like, well, we want to try this, we want to try this, and play all these different games. But like, it's a it's a solid I don't know week or so of of learning a new system. Uh, and then I still don't feel comfortable. Like you want to have like a group play test and you want your players to kind of meet you halfway and they, it just mm -hmm. doesn't work sometimes. So uh, we yeah. just got raided by a party of yeah. 20 people. Welcome Thank guys to the Saturday morning D and D show. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons. We're kind of going over Yay. our uh, 2019 highlights and 2020 expectations. So yeah. So um, sit down and welcome. Yeah. Hang out. Far as, as far as games to run for Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, what is Jordan going to run? Well, I want to run a lot of one shots and stuff. But at the same time, um, I've been talking with people out in the interwebs. And mm -hmm. uh, it's nothing is official. But I really want to uh, stream a long running D&D &D 5e campaign. Um, well, and you I haven't have, done that yet. I have not like, and I, and a lot of people ask me like, Hey, we want to see you play. We want to do this. And I've done like one shots here and there, but like, I want to put my forgotten realms knowledge to use and actually yeah. like run an online game. So that is my 2020 goal. Um, and I have started dipping my toe into that goal. So I'm hoping to get it, uh, finalized and maybe by the end of July or mid February or something, we'll have a show for you guys. And that would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't have a lot of, I mean, I don't have a lot of it planned out yet. I don't even have players, but. Uh, <laughs> That's why they call it a New Year's resolution. You don't but really I have, have it planned um, out. I have a skeleton framework of a story that'll last eight, eight to 12 months. And then if we all like each other and we want to continue after that, we can keep going. I don't know. But yeah, I want to, I want to run. Um, I mean, I, there's so many games I want to play, but I want to mm -hmm. run a, uh, uh, a long-running streamed show so that uh, viewers can watch, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. And you're saying Forgotten Realms World, but yes. are you saying one of the official adventures, or no, do you mean it's gonna be, Forgotten Realms yeah. Jordan? This is Forgotten Realms, um, and I'm going to try and stay as true to the realms as I possibly can. I might have to, like, fub or, you know, fib things here and there, but mm -hmm. uh, there is an older second edition uh adventure that i really like and i'm took that as a skeleton framework and i'm trying to adapt it into uh my own thing if that makes all sense. right cool so it'll be a little of like oh this is familiar this is cool and this is part of D, &D history but it's also like fresh and new and really awesome and stuff so that's mm -hmm. the idea we'll see if it works out oh it'll be that is fun. my game to run i'm really i really want to just stream a game for everybody i think it would be a lot of fun all so, right cool yeah all right um, what's next on the list next on the lish lish List, Lish. uh is uh do you want to publish something adventure oh you've talked about publishing before every you year write something yeah yeah my last year's 2019 was to publish something i didn't right. get it so again i'm moving it to 2020 i definitely want to do it there is the adventure that we played that i pretty much met jordan on was during a one shot of an adventure i ran for some 
YouTubers. Yeah. And I want to turn that adventure into something that sits up on TM's Guild for sure. So this yeah, year should the be McLancy the year. <laughs> yeah, I already started the writing. Yep, McClancy oh, Waddle smiles is a, a very cool kind of a dark god rises in Cholt and then tries to make its way north. Um, it's a god, it's a forgotten god that wants to try to regain some power in the world. And it's just a fun adventure. It's very salt marsh like venture. It's a very, in fact, my uh, my town was named Salt Break was the name of the town that we all started, which was super cool. Um, and it was in the the peninsula of Velen, if you remember that from Forgotten Realms. So there's a little bit of an area there. So I I definitely want to get that. That's the thing I my 2020 resolution is to get that up on DMs Guild for sure because I want to I want to get one out there because I have so many other ideas of if I can get the process down. Yeah. I've got a lot I could be doing. It's just the process is what I'm struggling with so far. It's the idea of how to do it, um, how to organize it, what is the right program to create it in, and um, you got to play test it, it which you kind of already have play tested it because we ran yeah. through it and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And just going through the whole thing and in the whole process, how does it work? How do, mm -hmm. how do you get something up on the internet like that? And um, I want to do so this year is going to be your 2020 has got to be the year it's going to be done so it's it's going to be done for sure awesome so yeah. mclancy waddle smiles keep an eye out for that yeah I'm and i'm sure we'll talk about it if it, when it does come oh, out yeah. but no i i uh, you know i have my dragon on the mount adventure out there and a lot of people ask me like well what what's your next one and i'm like you're right um mm -hmm. and i started writing another one um, and I, I really like, uh, this is, I don't know why, but I really like frogs and toads sure. and I wanted to do a, uh, like frog themed dungeon. So I actually drew out on graph paper. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw this like months ago, uh, <laughs> but I drew out on graph paper, this like frog dungeon and you go in through the mouth and you have to like navigate through this dungeon. And uh, that was gonna be the start of my next like one shot thing that I publish on the DMs Guild. I still have all those notes. I still have everything that I need to have, but I just not, ha I have not had the time to go back to mm -hmm. it. So my 2020 resolution, another one is to finish that and get it up on the DMs Guild. And nice. normally, well for Dragon on the Mount, there is art you can buy through the DMs Guild to, mm -hmm. uh, from a lot of it from Wizards of the Coast to use in a product that goes on the DMs Guild. But with this product, I really want to go into our D&D community and hire some artists to make some custom mm -hmm. art for it, to get a really good cover, to get like the feel of like walking into the dungeon, you know, big, big frog mouth thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And I am like, no, I think I want to, I want to put forth the money to make it look like a better polished product and then, and then get it out there. Not that Dragon on the Mount wasn't polished. Like I think I play tested mm -hmm. the hell out of that. It's just, I didn't hire custom art for it, but had a lot <laughs> of fun with that one. So yeah, I really want to get that out there. And I think it would be really cool. Like it's, it's really fun to have something out there on the DMs Guild. And you're like, oh, yeah, check it out. It's so neat. Yeah, the end boss definitely needs to be a, a frog hemoth. Oh, that, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> and to, to, to kind of tack onto that, my 2020 resolution is also, I want to work on a project with D&D &D Elise. She runs a bunch of writing projects throughout the year. She's been talking that she's got a whole bunch more that she's going to be starting up this coming up year. And she's always looking for people to kind of jump in either on the writing or the editing field and all that to help out. And I'm going to definitely throw my, throw my 
chance in with uh, one of D and Elise's uh, yeah. projects that she's running. Cause she does a really good job of that stuff. Yeah. So. She's doing, uh, I, I had to bow out of her uh, cause I was, I was in the Feywild project. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess technically I'm kind of still in, but I, I finally sent her an email and I'm like, you know, with the baby and everything else, I just, I have no time. I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, that's fine. So I had to kind of bow out of it, but she's writing really cool stuff and they're really fun. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, uh, just a, a collection of one shots and stuff kind of like the uncaged mm -hmm. anthology and stuff but, yeah but she picks a theme and then we do like an entire anthology of adventures and magic items and stuff based on that theme and she's she's doing really cool stuff and she's organizing yeah. it all which is like crazy so yeah <laughs> um super cool yeah so that is my i don't know those are the the new year's resolutions that i had that we want to talk about uh okay. do you have any other gaming related new resolutions Nope. Those are the ones I wanted to play those games and classes. Yeah. Um, I got a new campaign starting. I want to get some publishing done for this year, for sure. Yeah. Those are the big resolutions. I think Do so hopefully hold me to them. D and D community out there, the Saturday morning D and D show community, make sure you're always asking us about them in comments or on Twitter, where we're at on those to help <laughs> keep us. You're right. I got to yeah. do that. <laughs> Stay with it. You know, the best thing to do. And what I found the best thing for me was to just schedule time. Like, yeah. okay, between 9 and 11 a.m. on this Sunday, I write. And even if I don't have anything to write, I still sit at my desk and I force myself to be like, no, nope, I'm going to do this. And and that helps a lot when you just, rather than like, oh, I kind of feel like writing right now. Like, no, like schedule time, sit down and do it. So mm -hmm. um, reflecting back on 2019, uh, mm -hmm. some of us would think that it was a terrible year. Uh, some of us will think that it was a moderate okay year. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I think uh, for the, the world of gaming, it was a pretty good year. We got a lot of books. We got a lot of interesting books like Acquisitions Incorporated, Salt Marsh, Descent into Avernus, etc. Um, and when I ask this question, I'm kind of thinking more of like you personally, the games that you've been playing over the course of 2019. Do you have a top D&D mm -hmm. &D moment? Like you were running something, you're just like, that is so cool. And I'm just like, mm, it was awesome. Yeah, actually it's so many of them that um, the, the two come to mind, even though really it's a question for one, but just the whole um, Tomb of Annihilation experience has been oh, really yeah. good. And I've been really talking about it a lot on all of our shows. I've really enjoyed that adventure a lot. I've enjoyed the group the dungeon master, the stories that we're making while we're building that. It's been really fun as a player. So it's probably been my, one of my most favorite moments as a player in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I did get a really couple of really fun um, honorary mentions that were not D&D related, but at Gen Con this year, I got to play a couple of games, non Dungeons and Dragons that were really good. A couple of superhero games and stuff that as I was sitting there, I was thinking, I have not had this much fun in a long, long, long time. It's just this one little session playing this one little superhero game and it was super fun. And I was just like, I was so into that moment, but mm -hmm. to keep it on question, me running it too. The biggest thing is I've been running a homebrew campaign and I've had these nice little arcs and these nice adventures with my players and I feel really proud of being able to bring in a lot of groups into the world of Revenar 
and running at the beginning of this year, five or six different groups that would form up and then go out and do stuff and then come back. And then another group would form and go out and come back. And there were some really heart wrenching storylines in there with player dying and then getting somebody making a deal with the devil to bring them back mm -hmm. and, and other characters uh, being captured and then their God kind of saving them and them having to redeem themselves. That whole thing really resonated with me this year about, I want to capture more of that again in my game because it was super fun. It was the first time I pulled off something like that in one of my campaigns. I think all the other ones have been pretty bog standard running of an adventure, but these ones really stood out to something different happened here that was really good. And I could tell when it happened, when the players would go on Discord after the session and all week long, they would be talking about what happened, what they're going to do next, what happened again yeah. and then what they're going to do next. And they just wouldn't stop talking about the whole thing until we got to the next session. And I knew I'd really nailed it at that point. So that was the cool thing this year that I had a few little sprinkles of those. It didn't happen all the time. It wasn't all of the adventure. It wasn't all of the night sessions that we did, but there were a few that just resonated so well that the players just continue to talk about. And they still will, will make stories or tell stories about, Hey, when this one thing happened, or they'll still reference that one thing. Yeah. And uh, it's great. I love it. And that's the coolest thing in running a game that you can have as a dungeon master, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, and what about you for running? You ran a lot of games this year. You ran a yeah. lot of, you were doing early in the year. We All we heard about was Hot Springs. Then we started hearing about Salt Springs Marsh. Uh, then Salt we Marsh. started hearing about DCC stuff. So you have a wide range of stuff to choose from. What was your your D&D moment of last year? Well, what was the one that was just on top? Yeah, so... I'm going to also do two because you did. Okay, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like now that I, yeah, I, I was not, I didn't even think about Hot Springs, but like that was, that was a really good climactic fun ending. I uh, had a lot of fun. They still want to play those characters. And we have like, I have another adventure for those characters going forward if they want to play them again. But, mm -hmm. um, but two really stand out to me. And maybe it's because it happened within the last like three months or so. But one of them was Ghosts of Saltmarsh where... We had some downtime and my players started uh, what turned into like a really bad night uh, because <laughs> uh, two of my players got in a fight because one of them was being um, a little more chaotic than the other one wanted. And we, they, they well, and I don't, I say a fight, they got into a disagreement and we talked about it here on the show. So I don't know what episode mm -hmm. it is, but go back. But because of that night, I had to drastically change a lot of the direction of the story of Saltmarsh. And I did a lot of like random dice rolling kind of at the table on random charts. And then everything that I was rolling, my brain was just puzzle piecing connect like Tetris, just like connecting it all together. And it worked out into this really cool overarching story that I like going forward. I'm just like, this is going to be amazing. Like I've set up end bosses i've set up like i now they have a dangling carrot of motivation as, as to where to go and all this other stuff and it was all spontaneously improv and and i actively remember that night i got done and i like rushed to like some of my friends and i was sending them messages and i'm just like no i'm i feel like so creative right now like it was just, yeah exactly i was in the zone says uh one of our our members in uh, twitch chat but no i was just it, it all worked out and it was really cool and i don't have like a specific like oh this happened and then this but uh that was one of the coolest D, &D experiences i had in 2019 and then the other one 
was uh, the night that I introduced the hand of Vecna to my players. And that was just <laughs> like, you know, a month ago I did that. But they, they uh, were trying to get this artifact. They didn't really know what it was. And it was behind a locked door with giants attacking. And my monk has that key that has a 5% chance of opening any door. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, like, are they going to die? Are they going to get trapped? What's going to happen? And he rolled percentile die and then uh, got a 97, unlocked the door, grabbed the hand, ran out, and they, like, hid in a Leoman's tiny hut in the middle of the snow. And <laughs> that is the adventure we're going to pick up in the new year. January 5th, we're going to play. And I'm so excited to just see where that's going to go and how all of them are looking at this artifact. And they know it's evil, but they all kind of want it but they don't know if they should. And like one of them is like, well, maybe I'll take it and protect it. And like, I don't know, just the the conversations around this thing is so cool. And they always say like they being just the community, don't introduce things like the deck of many things. Don't introduce these like game changing power artifacts. But this is the first time I've kind of just said, no, screw that. I'm going to do it. And it was awesome. <laughs> now it might come back and bite me. Who knows? But as far as that night was really, really awesome. So I loved those. Those were my two highlights of 2019. I just, so good. It was so fun. So yeah. It'll fun. be funny. To, they'll use it at, yeah, at a dire moment, inopportune moment, and then it will break everything. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. that will be good. It's going to be, I don't know. I got to use that demon that's following them or devil that's following them around trying to make deals. I got to have him back in there and be like, I can do this for you for the hand or something. We'll see. Yeah. Pulling off the devil deal was so good. I just loved it. It, And it worked. I didn't think it was going to work. And there was just, I, the only reason I sprung it on our player was because he was in discord after our paladin had died in an adventure, the, the session before. And so in discord, he's just writing out about his character sitting at the bar being really morose and being really down about letting his best friend die or his buddy die and how they had to leave him. They couldn't recover the body. He was just all into this RP moment. He's writing it all in discord. So I just thought, <clears throat> can I get him? Can I actually get this player to make a deal with the devil? This would be so good. And it worked. It was so good. So <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I just wanted to like, so people know where we're going to do, uh, what conventions are you going to try and get to? in 2020 where people can hang out with us, talk to us in person. <clears throat> well, call me because of the way, yeah, because of the way my year went this year, um, Gen Con is still, I hope on my list, but okay. um, it all comes down to going to conventions can be expensive. Yeah. Going to conventions can also matter depending on the week of what else is going on during that week. Um, if you're going to go to a longer one, um, I do want to go to uh, Marmalade Dog, which is here in Michigan. I'm going to make more of the Michigan conventions, I think. So I'm going to go around as my dog comes storming in um, to the Grand Rapids, kind of like the West Michigan side conventions okay. as much as I can, the local ones yeah. on like the weekends. But Gen Con's my main one. And if things are going really good, maybe a return to PAX Unplugged. But I don't know. It'd be tough to do more than those. Yeah for Nick, this coming up here as I get everything situated again yeah, no, <laughs> in it's, my personal it's life. And I, I've been trying to figure that out because I'm like, I, I definitely yeah. am going to go to Gen Con. I have that in the works. Um, but again, with the baby and stuff, it's just like, ooh. Uh, but I did get invited to Nerdarchy Con in October and that's in ah, Philadelphia. Cool. So I'm going to 
my plan is to go to that, which I'm really excited for. It's the first time they've done a convention. Uh, and then I have an 85% chance of going to PAX Unplugged. It seems like everybody went to PAX Unplugged and I was like, I need to go to this. Like, I want to, I want to meet all these other YouTubers that were there and like, just, I don't know, have fun. And like, they were, I was so jealous because they were doing like escape rooms together. And I'm like, I want to do escape rooms with, <laughs> with all these cool people, like, like Puffin Forest and stuff. So hopefully yeah. I can, I can meet them and just hang out. And that would be really fun. And then I'm pretty close to Seattle. So I was thinking I should try and make PAX Seattle. You can um, just drive it, right? No, I can. I can drive there. I've got friends there. I can stay with friends. Uh, I, it would not cost me as much as it would going to a Gen Con or a PAX Unplugged mm -hmm. or something. Because uh, I just I lived in Seattle for five, six years. So I have a lot of friends there that I can like sleep on a couch. It'd be great. Um, so that's, I don't know. I'm going to try, try and hit those three. And then I'm really curious what Wizards of the Coast is going to announce in LA again. And if, if it's something, I don't know, if I really feel like I have to be there, I'm going to try and do that. But like, uh, that's another one, that's another one, which would be expensive, yeah. but I do have a couple of friends in LA. I could try and stay with them. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Uh, one that I definitely want to get to uh, yes. PAX Australia is the, oh, the one yeah. I definitely want to do at some point, but I don't know if the finances will ever let it happen, but I'm going to try. It's on the list. <laughs> If Australia hasn't burned down by that point, yeah, we should. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's not just you know smoldering ashes. <laughs> um, and that's about yeah. So those those so are the conventions I want to try. I want to try and hit yeah. a lot of conventions. And I've I've talked it over with family and stuff, and they're just like, no, I feel like you need to go to conventions to like help the podcast, help the show, the YouTube channel, all that jazz. Uh, so 2020 will be the year of. Of, of Jordan expanding, I hope. And and, mm -hmm. and not just cool. with holiday cookies, but like. But it's tough. Yeah. I mean, you gotta. Am I hit with the wife? Those are all, uh... <laughs> hold on, is everybody still there? Oh, I think I'm back. There we go. Okay. I, I think that I might've been because I thought it was too. me, so. <laughs> no, I think it was me. <laughs> um, But. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, th this talk took up more time than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we can also shift to our bardic inspiration. So we'll, we'll just say this right away. Uh, Lucian and I haven't played any games in the last week. I'm going to play my Acquisitions Incorporated game today, which I'm really excited for. But we skipped D&D last week to go see uh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. um and uh it was christmas and everything else so we didn't get any games going in we're playing on new year's we're playing oh, wednesday sweet. night so we are gonna play so that's oh, good. awesome that's awesome i think i'm gonna live stream uh new year's uh and just kind of yeah i want to i want to like ring in the new year on a stream cool. so maybe i'll do a q a on youtube or something but uh bardic inspiration we'll we'll kind of close out our last 10 minutes with uh some some ideas of games for 2020 what what is your what is your bardic inspiration? What campaigns do you want to try and hit? Oh, well, there's a bunch that I want to try well, and hit, okay. but the idea I had yeah. this week, the one that popped into my head, um, that I thought was an interesting one, would be a campaign that's based on your party is a group of dragon riders. Um, so I'm thinking either young adult, your young dragons, or maybe adult dragons. So they're not too too crazy yet. They're not getting. Uh, legendary actions they're not getting you know all these other things but a game that allows you to span large swaths of land allows you to bring in maybe a much bigger 
CR level of gameplay because mm-hmm. you have the the characters themselves and their dragon, mm-hmm. and just the idea that they can um, play and interact with the dragons. And then my idea was is that each person in the group role plays somebody else's dragon, oh, and then okay. you role play your character. So it's kind of they did it in. Um, um, not the Numenera game by Shauna, but she did uh, the dinosaur game that I'm totally not remembering at the moment. But in hers, everybody had a pet dinosaur in her version of the Numenera game. Mm -hmm. And the player to your left role played that dinosaur for you the the attitude of the dinosaur i like that a lot you play your yeah. own character so i thought i like that idea and it popped back into my head again oh it's called predation is the name of the game if you haven't played it play predation by shauna um so i thought that'd be kind of cool a dragon rider game because i know people say well there's a lot of books out there and i get it there's gonna be a lot of people that have read books about it i've seen several different series about it um there's even some shows and cartoons i think that will animes that have you know, people riding dragons and there's a whole storyline on that. So there's a lot of stuff you can do. But imagine in Faerun, you have a group of four or maybe even three because you have, maybe you can keep it a small group because you have the dragons. And it's a group of dragon riders that are going out and trying to make a difference in the world. And what types of problems would they try to tackle? And what's the world, what's happening in the world that you need something like this? And I just thought that'd be kind of a cool little kernel to really build something on. Mm-hmm for a campaign even a one shot or even a, a full campaign yeah so no i i definitely can see that, that as a full in. campaign like and then yeah. your dragon growing with you so like mm-hmm. you have a young dragon from one to five and then a uh, adult dragon from five to ten and you know, it just keeps getting more and more powerful as it as it grows up and you level up you know that could be a lot of fun and then and then i yeah just like my uh my wife's fake corgi pet mm-hmm. uh you will protect that dragon probably more than your own character <laughs> yeah yeah well we had you said that talk i'm doing this halfling cavalier mm-hmm. that is going to ride a rottweiler nice um, yeah, yeah and yeah. i immediately had a conversation with danimo my dm and said okay i want to do this thing but i definitely don't want a scene where we have to deal with something happening to the, the dog yeah because all of the group and including me are huge dog lovers yeah and so we came up with this thing the dog's never gonna die it's mm-hmm. it, it gets knocked out and it can't do things but it's not gonna be any part of you know the storyline it's just there um as flavor for the character and something fun rp wise but not it's not not gonna attack with them and gonna ride around and maybe run forward and charge away yeah. and that kind of stuff but not gonna do anything else with it and I wanted to be sure because I didn't want that heart-wrenching moment. So I, I totally get that. And I think that'd be true with the dragon. You're going to grow attached to the dragon you ride. And then all of a sudden, yeah, that could be super cool. So that could be real fun. Yeah, nice. So what about what about Jordan's Bardic inspiration? What kind of hits you this week that said, this could be a good kernel for a one-shot yeah. or even a longer campaign? So I've uh, been doing Eberron videos. So I've been reading a lot about Eberron. Um, I actually got called out on Facebook. They're like, so your Facebook page is called Forgotten Realms Explained, but you're posting Eberron content? I don't know if I like this. And I'm like, I don't know if I like you, uh, which is a lie. That's fine. Uh, I totally <laughs> named it that, but I'm, I'm branching out. I'm doing some other D&D lore. Um, and for those of you who don't know the Eberron campaign setting, there it takes place two years after this catastrophic event um, that ended the war and turned uh, the nation of uh, Seer into what we what we call now the Mornland, which is this like 
uh, foggy, evil, magical place, and and you, you anybody who goes there doesn't return, kind of a thing. Um, and a lot of campaigns with uh, Eberron could be go investigate the Mornland. Um, that's just kind of a it's a mysterious place to go and the DM can make all this cool stuff up and it can be really interesting and not only investigate the Mornland, but find out what happened. Like what was the catastrophic event? Like, and could this happen to other nations? Uh, I totally stole this from my Patreon discord. They were talking about, um, Eberron and they want to run a Mornland event. <coughs> Excuse me. They want to run a Mornland event, but they want it to be heroes that have survived the Mornland. So these adventurers are coming out of the Mornland and they've somehow survived. And so now uh, the adventure might be to go back. The adventure might be, I, I, don't, I, I don't, other things. But the idea that you've survived this, what mutations or benefits would you give to them? And so we were talking like, well, maybe they could get a free feat. Maybe they could get, uh, uh, I, I don't know, expertise in something. Maybe could, they could get this. Maybe they have a hindrance. Like maybe they have, I don't know, like a minus four charisma or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. that I wanted to ask, talk to you about this. Like what would you do? Would you give them something mechanical? Would you give them like a mutation? What do you, what are you thinking? I like the idea that um, I would talk with the players to see if they were into it. But yeah, this yeah. idea of a negative for mm. sure, something that is going to make it harder on them to play the rest of the campaign on purpose. So like they're taking it on on purpose mm. as battle scars or uh, some type of mental problem or something that they can explore that doesn't necessarily help their player. It's a problem that they have to find ways to deal with uh -huh. and find ways to how it affects their character. I think that'd be a really cool way to explore something in Dungeons and Dragons we don't get a lot because in Dungeons and Dragons, we get a lot of superheroes that get more powerful as yeah. they go. We rarely get your, your things are going okay. And then something drastically happens to you that load that brings you back down and like, Oh, that's going to be bad. And, you know, like, uh, or, you know, really playing out one of those negative attributes. Like I have a player right now that has a six in strength and it doesn't necessarily come out in the game as much, but I think in this type of campaign, if somebody got something like that, I think we would play into that more. This yeah. idea of being able to can't really carry anything because your strength six, you can barely move yourself, let alone try to carry weapons or a backpack or yeah, you know any of that kind of stuff. Or, or if you have a six wisdom, what does that look like? A six intelligence, what does that look like? You know, something that really you have to, and the player has to have a buy-in. It's not about the player just ignoring it. It's about the player owning it and yeah. finding a way to let it happen and make the story better at the same time of coming with ways that can overcome it without trying to negate it completely. Let it really affect the campaign. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, a survivor style, a sur you know, there's that survivor mentality when you come out of a, a great catastrophe. Yeah. How do you play a character that has that mentality of I'm a survivor? Many millions have died, but I didn't mm -hmm. type thing. Cool. Um, one of the things that we were talking about is giving them an aberrant dragon mark. So mm -hmm. uh, there are dragon marks in Eberron. And in order to keep these dragon marks like in 
families and working, I guess. Uh, if you have a dragon mark and somebody else has the same dragon mark, your child could have the dragon mark. So they kind of keep it within these family clans. But every once in a while, um, these like rogue dragon marks appear. And I really like the idea of this dragon mark being a curse and it hurts you and it causes you problems. But within the Mornland, it helps you. So mm. once they return to the Mornland, they feel a little invigorated. Like, oh, like now it's this dragon mark is doing what it's supposed to do. It's siphoning energy from this weird negative place. And mm -hmm. the closer you get to the center of this catastrophe, the stronger it gets till maybe it overwhelms you and it destroys oh, you in a cool. way. Like, I don't know that I really like that. And I like the idea of, of playing a whole campaign like that, where, where they're just like, Oh, I'm getting stronger and stronger. And then all of a sudden you get to the other side of the coin where you're like, Oh, I'm getting too strong. It's now eating away at certain parts of me. I'm changing into something that I don't know what I'm, I'm going to become. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they turn it because in Eberron there are also living spells that just walk the Mornland. So maybe you have you're turning into a living chain lightning that just kind of like arcs across the plains is like thought. Uh, really, I mean, yeah, gosh, Eberron's cool. so cool. Like you could do lots of neat <laughs> stuff, uh, and I like that idea. And I think that would also be a really cool end to a campaign. Like if you had to sacrifice yourself somehow, you know, to to not cure this, but to maybe. Uh, save your friends. I like that idea of some, you mm -hmm. know, but mm -hmm. yeah, so sounds very fun. That's a thought. I really like that idea. Um, that <laughs> is my bardic inspiration, a game that I, I really would love to play. Uh, uh, some, some people I follow on Twitter are going through the Eberron uh, adventure in uh, rising from the last war. And they said it's really good and it's a good branching off point to keep playing Eberron. So oh, cool. that's another idea I want to do in 2020 is play Eberron. Yeah. It would be really cool. Very cool. Very oh, cool. I want to run the D&D Essentials box set. Oh, yeah, you do. That's In 2020. Awesome. I want to find a group that's never played and run them through the D&D Essentials box set. That's the okay. other thing I want to do. All but right. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This is our last show of 2019. Uh, mm. Tell your friends. Uh, pour one out for your, your friends, Lucian and Jordan. Um, as we will start 2020 in our Oh, that will be the start of our third year of uh, Saturday Morning D&D Show, which is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. We are still trying to figure out what to do for episode 100. And I know, <laughs> like, I think we're going to have a giveaway. I'm going to try and find something. We'll have, like, a Gleam giveaway, but, like, a eh, Gleam giveaway, whatever. But, but it's fun. It's fun. You get something from us. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know, I'll sign, like, a, a 9 by 10 for you or something. And you can have me on your wall. Love Jordan with silent PhD. Nice. Um, but we would, I was thinking, I didn't run this past Lucian. We could do like a mailbag episode. Um, so if you guys have uh, questions that you would like to ask us, um, uh, maybe questions about your own show or not your own show, but your own games, how you handle this, maybe uh, stuff that you would like us to do in the future. Um, maybe uh, things about anything really like just ask us some questions and maybe we can do a mailbag episode where we kind of talk about um, how we would like help your games, uh, personal things about us, things, et cetera, et cetera. A Q and a episode could be a lot <coughs> of fun. So I'm yeah, here's a good way to do it too. Yes. What, oh. what, I was going to say, if you tweet us, just put a hashtag 100 in there so we know that you're asking a question that you want us to answer on episode 100. We'll gather all those together over the next few weeks here before we get to episode 100, which is going to be 
in we're on 97 so we yep. still have 98 99 to go so, so we can weeks, build those yeah. questions up but if you that way we can just collect them and then have them ready to go let's use we'll, oh let's you got use something like hashtag sm dnd 100 all right so we don't get too lost put it in chat yeah <laughs> hashtag smdnd 100 just like that um and or i'm gonna also throw this out you can send me an email at jordan oh, with a ph that. in the middle at gmail.com um so that's my like business email you can send it to me and i'll i'll do that uh put it in the title that it's like smd and d 100 and then things like that but send us your questions because a q a yes. episode would be fun you can you can learn all sorts of cool stuff about lucian and jordan and how they met <laughs> and why they do this show so uh <laughs> so think about that we would love to do a q a episode we'll figure something out if we don't get any questions then we'll do a regular episode i guess i don't know uh that we'll figure it out that is our show <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you so much so much for coming and hanging out with us on all this other stuff uh i look forward to seeing you next week um in 2020 um where i will be able to talk about the game that i am playing immediately after this uh acquisitions incorporated uh any final thoughts mr lucian nope everybody have a wonderful time stay safe on your new year's yes. for all of those that are celebrating their new year's calendar there may be a few people that have a different calendar than most of us but i think most of us celebrate a new year's coming up and uh have fun have a great time and we will see you in the next year yeah we'll see you next year guys goodbye everybody Bye. take care Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.